Sup Freaks, it's your boy Marty here to introduce the sponsors for RHR. Matt and I just had a great rip. This episode of Rabbit Hole Recap is brought to you by our great friends at Unchained Capital. Guess what? We get a refresher of an ad read this week because Unchained just dropped a new product. They're testing out an OTC product for high net worth individuals only in Texas right now. Uh, but from what I've heard, it is going pretty well, pretty successful. Uh, so it, I wouldn't be surprised that product gets rolled out uh, beyond Texas at some point in the future. Uh, very similar to their uh, product offerings that they have now with the vaults uh, and the collateralized loans. Uh, you would be able to buy Bitcoin OTC and send it straight to a multi-sig address, which you have control over. Uh, don't know about the vaults and the collateralized loans? Let me tell you about them. The Bitcoin vault allows you to engage in a two or three multi-sig quorum with Unchained. You hold two of three keys uh, on hardware wallets, either Ledger or Trezor right now. Cold card on the way, TM, soon TM. Uh, Unchained holds one key. You can always move your Bitcoin out of the vault. You always have complete control over your Bitcoin. If you have the two keys that you possess, you can move them out whenever you want. If you're in a pinch, you don't have one of the two keys and you want to move your Bitcoin, Unchained is there to be that second of three signatures needed to move your UTXOs out of the vault. Uh, on top of that, they have their collateralized uh, loan program where you can put your Bitcoin again in a multi-sig that you always have sight over. You hold one key, Unchained holds another key, and a third party holds the third key. Uh, you basically put Bitcoin in this multi-sig uh, as collateral and in, in exchange you get same day us dollar liquidity on top of that Unchain is working on incredible open source technologies including uh, caravan which is an open source uh, software uh, that they use for their vault and their multi-sig products in-house they've open sourced that solution if you don't want Unchain involved in your multi-sig at all They've open source caravan so that you can create these multi-sig setups yourself without any third party at all. They just released the most recent version, which has updated the product suite of caravan pretty substantially. Now you can dump XPUB keys uh, and use multiple addresses so you're not reusing addresses when you're in these multi-sig quorums. Uh, you get coin selection, comes with that. Uh, there's a testing suite for hardware wallets in the new version of Caravan as well, and a bunch of other cool stuff. They're working on Slip39 and Hermit too, and they've got their incredible blog series. Uh, everybody from Dhruv to Parker to Will Cole to Phil Geiger putting out incredible content. My favorite uh, bias here because I'm a big fan of Parker's work. He's been on this podcast a few times. Gradually then suddenly is an incredible uh, blog series and, and a great way to orange pill new new coiners new coiners uh, pre coiners go to www.unchained-capital.com uh, check out everything they got going on at Unchained Capital it's www.unchained-capital.com so this is also brought to you by our good friends at the Cash App the Cash App. You freaks already know all about them, but if you don't know about them, your Uncle Marty is going to tell you about them. All right, they're letting you do many things, including stack sats. You can stack sats, send sats, receive sats, sell sats, if you so please. Sats are the standard in the app, uh, and you can DCA into sats if you want to. You can set an auto buy. It recently came to the app. They're crushing the product suite here. On top of that, if you want to, you don't have to. I know a lot of you freaks don't want to or need to, but if you want to and need to, 
the uh, option to stack slivers of stonks also exist on the Cash App. Uh, your favorite company stonk is a little too expensive. You can't buy a whole a whole share of that. You can buy a sliver of that stonk, little as one dollar, because. Cash App is directly connected to your bank account or because it is your bank account and they're offering account number and routing numbers so people can direct deposit their paychecks into the app. There's no four to five day waiting period. You start stacking sats or stacking slivers of stocks today. All right. Cash App Investing is a subsidiary of Square and member SIPC. As always, make sure you use the code stacking sats. That's one word, S-T-A-C-K-I-N-G-S-A-T-S. You're going to get $10. And $10 is going to go to our good friends at Owls Lacrosse. Not that dirtbag Al. He tries to pretend that he's Owls Lacrosse, but Owls Lacrosse. Like the Owls Lacrosse. All right. Download the Cash App. Enjoy this rip of Rabbit Hole Recap. Matt and I had a good time. Miss being in person with him, though. Take care. You've had a dynamic where money's become freer than free. If you talk about a Fed just gone nuts, all, all the central banks going nuts. So it's all acting like safe haven. I believe that in a world where central bankers are tripping over themselves to devalue their currency, Bitcoin wins. In the world of fiat currencies, Bitcoin is the victor. I mean, that's part of the bull case for Bitcoin. If you're not paying attention, you probably should be. What is up, freaks? Welcome back to Rabbit Hole Recap. Here for this week's rip, sitting down with uh, master pianist Matthew O'Dell. <laughs> What's going on, Matt? In my secret life, I'm a pianist. Play great piano. Uh, for you freaks that don't know, Alan Farrington found another Matthew O'Dell on Twitter. Uh, he's really a pianist. Difficult. Really difficult. He owns MatthewOdell.com. Yeah, and I found out literally seconds ago that matt our boy matt knows the other matt odell and has has corresponded with him i don't like know him i asked him for the i asked him if i could get that domain name that's all the domain hoarder is it doesn't matter now i go by matt odell so it's good yeah uh it's hilarious that (laughs) that you have actually emailed him about the domain doesn't surprise me though you're you're speechless over there I am speechless. Do you like uh, his? Do you like his, his art? You're Are digging you up old music? wounds. He's actually a really good pianist. I mean, I I don't have the best ear, but he seems pretty good to me. Yeah, I mean, I'm not bringing. It. I was Alan Farrington. He's doing the name me. proud. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it seems like Matt Matthew Odell is a name that uh, that gets bestowed upon pretty smart people, pretty talented people. There's there's a lot of Matt Odells out there. Um. How was your week, Marty? Do you have a good week? It was good. It was a good week. Long week. I'm trying to, as you can see, I have a green screen behind me. I have the uh, the Bitcoin roller coaster guy. I'm the only one who can see it. Yeah. I'm uh I'm trying to make a video for Dig, and I'm learning something that you've learned via our tutorial videos is that it's really hard to create a video in one take, even a short five minute video. So I think many I've taken. Takes. I think I've done like 150 takes today alone. Uh, I've been trying to do this for a few days now. There's going to be some good outtakes. Uh, I'm like, I'm like recording this and laughing at myself, like thinking whether or not I should release the outtakes of this, this video. 
I, you know, I think you should at least release a curated set of them. I don't think you should release all 160 outtakes. And that was me being generous. I'm only giving you 10 more takes to get it right. I think it's going to take me at least another 100. It's just watched, one little one little slip up, an enunciation, uh, a stumble of thought, ruins the take. It's fucked up. I had I had one during the Breeze video where I was doing it fucking perfectly, and we were like six minutes in. We were about to do the the send lightning transaction part of the Breeze video, and my dog just walks in, just looks at me, and then just barks, starts barking. And I'm like motherfucker, like you know exactly <laughs> what's going on. It's like take thirty. Like kidding, you gotta be kidding me. Uh, I have a lot of respect for people who who do YouTube videos now. You can do it just like straight. It's not easy. It's difficult. I like this where we just shoot the shit and then just upload it without editing. It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. It's not I, like, yeah. Uh, I watched that new Daniel Radcliffe movie, Guns Akimbo. Have you heard of this movie? I've not heard of this one. I've I've heard people talking about him more. I assume it now. I assume now it's because he has a movie out. But what what's it about? Is this it's, the one where he's like jacked? This is no. This is the one where like I think Naraj posted the meme or something after the J.K. Rowling thing on Twitter, where he looks like a crazy person with like guns in his hands. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. That's he's this wearing, like, movie. The premise is is there's like an internet based um, death match show where people compete to kill each other, right? And then the winner goes to the next round and the loser's dead. Um, and I, I just, it was, it was, you know, it wasn't necessarily a very strong movie, but it was like an interesting premise. Uh, but one of the things is he gets drawn into the, into the death match because he's like an online troll and doesn't use a VPN. So they like figure out his IP address and they like drag him into the death match. So I'm hoping it increases VPN usage. I feel like it's a nice educational piece. So I just feel like Daniel Radcliffe deserves a shout out for educating people on using VPNs and Tor. Shout out to Daniel Radcliffe, uh, graduating from being referred to as Harry Potter only. Uh, your, your name, uh, your name has disconnected from that movie series. There's a bunch of people that were just like, "Oh, they're talking about Harry Potter." I got it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's been a long week. I'm happy we're here talking about, we got it. We got a nice list today. Bunch of things going on. Price pop today. Looking at Clark Moody's dashboard right now. Prices at $9,452. Uh, the GBTC premium is at 16%. GBTC has been hot in the news. This grayscale Bitcoin investment trust. Apparently they're buying up a lot of the supply. We don't have that on the list, but maybe we can talk about it a little bit. Um, Total lightning capacity is currently at 921.14 Bitcoin, and this is public. Uh, Tor capacity is estimated around 406.45 Bitcoin, and that's up to 44.1%. And there's 2,048 Tor nodes, which is great to see. Uh, the mempool, is, uh, it's actually rising again. Over the weekend, last weekend, it got down to about 12,000 transactions was the lowest i saw it at right now according to clark's dashboard it's at thirty-eight thousand eight hundred forty-four transactions uh the estimated fee versus reward for the next block is around 18.17 percent and we talked about the difficulty adjustment last week and it is 
expected to be uh, um, not as severe as the 18.8% we reported right now. The next retarget is scheduled for around June 5th, uh, next Friday, and that's going to be a negative 15.2% downward difficulty adjustment. Uh, blocks are coming in around 11 minutes and 45 seconds. So Call it seems me. that more hash rate has entered the network since last week. Um, fees right now, if you're making a transaction, if you're willing to wait a day, you can get a transaction through for three sats per byte. So patience, low time preference, will uh, will get you cheap transactions right now. But like we said last week, it was uh, if you were paying attention over the weekend, especially the holiday weekend, the mempool did clear out a good bit. So no more that, fee FOMO. Uh, no more fee FOMOs, right? We uh, called that, I think. Kind of. I think we did. Yeah. We kind yeah. of right and kind of wrong. Yeah. Um, um, the other thing is, uh, Clark's is use Clark is using bitnodes, uh, dot IO. Um, there he's using their node count and the tour nodes. It doesn't show up on the, the tour nodes are, are underreported, I believe. Uh, for lightning or just full nodes for the full node number. Which is probably, I mean, inclusive of the lightning number. I guess you could technically run the lightning portion tour and, and your regular portion not. But I know I, I have multiple tour nodes that don't show up on their site. So Ooh. Ooh. that's good to know. Um, more nodes than, than one may think are out there verifying the things that are going on on the Bitcoin blockchain. Um, I think it's been. It's been a pretty bullish week. I tweeted this out the other day. If you've been paying attention to uh, the fundamentals, there's been some big things happening that are making me extremely bullish on Bitcoin. But before we get into that, uh, we wanted to touch on the rumor going around that uh, a hacker has hacked the Shopify stores of Trezor and Ledger and attained uh, user information, emails and addresses specifically. Ledger and Trezor have both come out and denied that uh, the hacker was actually has uh, information of their users. They cross-referenced the database that the hacker was was selling, and uh, they didn't find that there was any overlap with the customers in their database. So Ledger and Trezor are claiming that this is bullshit. But uh, Matt put this in the list because it's a good it's a good reminder and a good learning experience, nonetheless. Of uh, just how data is stored and how careful you should be with that. Yeah, I mean these these companies are honeypots for data. It definitely looks like it it's a fake. Um, even before they denied it, it you know kind of didn't seem legit for whatever. Just my gut. Um, but they both denied it. Uh, but yeah, these these companies are honeypots for data. They have your Bitcoin, uh, not your Bitcoin address. They have your 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 mailing address where you ship it to. Um, and if you pay with fiat, if you pay with credit card, then they have your credit card information uh, and potentially your billing address, depending on how their shop is set up. Uh, so you got to be careful with that. You know, there's a lot of ways um, to get around that. You can use like a reshipping service. 
um, where they receive your mail and then they mail it out. But obviously that changes your threat model a little bit. You can get like a PO box. Um, most PO boxes have some type of KYC. So there's a, but you're trying to reduce, you're trying to reduce the risk. You can get it shipped to, uh, your, to an office, uh, even better if you know you're about to get fired, you know, you do it a couple of weeks before you buy a bunch of hardware wallets. Uh, if you plan on moving or a friend is moving, it's kind of cool to just get a bunch of hardware wallets right before that happens. Cause they're moving anyway. Um, so that's a good option and you can buy it at conferences, stuff like that. Hopefully, you know, in the next couple of years, we start seeing them for sale at like the best buys of the world, you know, like all over the place. So you could just buy with cash. Yeah. Aren't there examples of Bitcoin merchants creating a flow where they like destroy the records of their customers? Has Casa done that? Don't they have a way that what, you can do that? Yeah. I mean, of course. I, what's good is that both these companies have said that they do that. Right. I think Treasure said 60 days. Ledger said something similar to that. Um, I mean, that's obviously best practice, uh, but you're still trusting them to actually do that and to do it properly. So you just want to reduce your risk. You want to try and uh, reduce that private information as much as possible because they are they are a massive honeypot of of lists of Bitcoin users. Right. And yeah, where they live. totally. Um, so be aware, be aware of who you're giving your data to and how it may be attacked in the future. Um, before we get into the rest of the topics, before I forget, did have one shout out this week, very simple, straightforward, uh, just a, a message, fix the money, fix the world. That was the shout out, um, shout out to whoever purchased that shout out. And, uh, I hope you're, you're smiling right now, hearing us read that on the air. If you freaks want to. Uh, get a shout out red right on air. You can do so at tftc.io slash contribute. Um, Thanks. It's freaks. fun. I love you guys. Uh, like I said, bullish week. If you're looking at the fundamentals, there's a lot going on. So I, I in the tweet, I talked about the uh, emergence of coin swap from Chris Belcher, which we'll dive into more specifically after this little blurb. Uh, it's becoming more apparent that Bitmain is is losing their their grip on the mining industry, which is incredibly bullish on uh, decentralization of hardware and Bitmain's influence on that sector of Bitcoin, particularly. And I completely forget the other thing I mentioned, but um, coin swap, man, seems like a pretty big deal. Yeah, what was the the third thing was the one that people were saying to you wasn't bullish. Oh, yeah, the sign message. There you go. There you that go. was so bullish. The early coin sign message. I think we didn't talk about last week, actually, even though it happened last week. No, what happened? No, we did talk about it. What happened last week was the movement of the coins from February. This oh, right, 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 right. The sign message. Oh, we should have had that on the list. Why don't we have yeah, that so, on the list? That happened this week. Sign message was on Monday. Um, was it like $60 million worth or something, right? Yeah, it was 145 addresses, all Coinbase transactions, I believe. So back then, I forget. Uh, I forget whose tweet it was, but you, it was something to the effect of, "You know how how much you're hated when an early miner risks his opsec on 60 million dollars to call you a fraud." Right. So basically, freaks 
part of the addresses that were signed. Um, so if, if you sign with, with keys, private keys of, of addresses, um, you can prove ownership of those addresses um, in a trustless way without actually compromising the security of the addresses, of the funds on the address. But you do compromise the privacy because you link all those addresses together because he, he signed so many addresses. Uh, we know that one entity or at least a closely held entity, like a, a really close group of people, control all of those control all of those addresses and some of those addresses Craig Wright com- uh, claimed to own as part of his Satoshi claim so this person did this specifically to fuck over Craig in his legal battles which is fantastic to see incredible to see and why I think it's bullish is number one it's somebody some of these UTXOs from were from like February 9th, like a month into when the protocol was launched. And I believe so. I could be getting the, the movement of the coins and the signing of the message confused, but regardless, very early on Bitcoiner, like very early days, still number one has possession of the coins. That's why people think it's bearish because that a lot of early coins are soon to be lost when this is proving that uh, we've got some OGs that are competent and confident hodlers who have been holding for more than 11 years which is and this dude hates craig but he didn't care enough to to this dude hates craig but he didn't care enough to uh sell his bcash or his bsv right right he only so there's a lot so that was one of the theories that a lot of people had was that these early coin holders would have they would have cashed out their fork coins when they had the chance, but they but they didn't, so they must be lost. But that's clearly not the case, right? Yeah, yeah. And and so, I mean, there's been estimates of like three to four million Bitcoin have been lost, just people losing their private keys. And it seems that that may not be the case. The numbers may be exaggerated, or not exaggerated, but just overestimated, uh, potentially materially. We'll never know unless more people start signing messages and moving coins. But uh, I think this instance particularly uh, highlights that we should go back and question those assumptions made and some of those estimates. And then on top of that, the message itself, like, I am not Craig. I forget what he said about He said, Craig Wright is stupid or whatever. But then he said, again, incredibly bullish hearing this from somebody who's been around the protocol since the very beginning. Uh, he thinks light. He or she thinks Lightning Network is is promising tech, though they do think we do uh, need to uh, solve scaling at the protocol level. There's still some things that need to get solved there to to uh, make transaction capacity as robust as possible. So somebody sticking around for 11 years, they they like the developments that are going on. Uh, a little bit critical in the message too, like hey, we still have some things to figure out, but. Uh, I think that's incredibly bullish that they're sticking around. They feel compelled to uh, dunk on Craig Wright, the mentally defective Craig Wright, and uh, they they see the scaling solutions out there as, as sort of viable moving forward. You know, I'm not sure if it's specifically bullish. Uh, it's definitely bullish that we didn't dump super hard on it. Um, I wonder if... Tangentially, I wonder if we see similar situations happen now where people are holding OG coins, want to make a statement, uh, 
and they they use a signed message to make that statement so their voice is heard louder, right? As as you know, everyone retweeted this. I I do think it's fucking hilarious because Craig can go fuck himself. Uh, I've been calling him a fraud for years now. It's good to finally see um, it all becoming more obvious to people. Uh, it's been a long time coming. Well, this is what people have been waiting for, right? Like, all right, prove it, sign the message, and finally. He had to leak those addresses to the court, and then the court documents became public, and the person who actually possessed the coins and the addresses was able to, all right, I'll sign the message. Yeah, he basically, um, that was basically how I made my decision. I was I, like, I gave him a month to sign, because it wasn't like he was doxxed. He came out, Craig came out with his, his, his big announcement through like all these different news agencies, right? He did like that interview and all that shit. Um, and he said he was Satoshi. Okay. So if you're Satoshi and you have this really cool network that allows you to trustlessly prove that you hold ownership of certain, uh, coins, like do that. Right. So I, I waited, I gave him like a month. Once I didn't see it within a month, I was like, well, this is obviously, there's no way it's legit. There's absolutely no way it's legit. Yeah. And then let's be, let's be serious here. Freaks. Anybody with any sense of common sense and quality intuition was able to tell that this dude was a fraud just from his fucking actions i don't know there was like there was a lot of holdouts man it was bad for a while there for like a year or two years like you remember when people went to the satoshi round table they came back convinced like there was yeah, dude. Dude, I had very people come back so-called f- smart people that got convinced uh, I had and that was come pretty back. late i had very prominent fund managers come back from that round table and record and then tell me off off record that they believe that Craig was Satoshi. Was yeah, like, there was a lot of people were hoodwinked. So it is good to see this come out. I also think it's just really fucking, it sh- showcases how like groundbreaking this Bitcoin is as a money that you can, you know, prove the ownership like this without any courts, any kind of legal authority. You can, you know, prove in an easy way to verify that you own all this Bitcoin. Like that's fucking awesome. Um, yeah, but like the dude did like, I don't know. I, 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 it's, it's very interesting, like trying to imagine yourself in the shoes of whoever that was, right? Like, like that, first of all, he has more Bitcoin than any of us could ever wish to ever hold. Um, he just has it sitting there in the same addresses that he's had sitting there since 2009. Right. And, and it's, it's not for technical incompetency like he designed the messages and he did this whole thing without like doxing his ip address or anything like that so who is this guy or or lady like how how, i don't want to know who they are but i'm just saying like they 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 live among us you know right like that it's just an it's like a crazy mind mind fuck i'm happy for this this dude like hey you're very well off and thank you for your support of the network in the early days without you we would not be here we stand on your shoulders this podcast would not exist without you being interested in this weird internet money back in that that day when it was very weird to be involved in this stuff and the fact that you stuck around and uh wanted to dunk on craig Wright again is is incredible so if you're listening i i hope uh, you're not wasting your time listening to this podcast with all that money and you're enjoying life, but uh, I think you understand Bitcoin pretty innately if you're maybe, signing this message. 
Maybe he or she is is listening on their yacht, you know? That's possible. Cheers That's to possible. you, dude. Cheers. Um, yeah, back to CoinSwap, though. Another, so like a huge week. CoinSwap. Yeah, that, uh, that guy should consider donating to Chris if you're listening. <laughs> right. Um, so if you freaks haven't heard, Chris Belcher. Is it Belcher or Belcher? I say Belcher, but I don't know. We'll find out next week. Yeah, we're, we're having him on the podcast next Tuesday. Um, Chris Belcher, I'm going to say Belcher too. Uh, the creator of Join Market or lead devs of Join Market, uh, which is a coin join protocol, uh, dropped a new privacy uh, tech, or not new tech, a new design for coin swap implementation for massively improving Bitcoin privacy and fungibility. So it's a proper it, implementation of. Uh, theory that existed already yeah so coin join is one way in which bitcoin users can attain better privacy and fungibility it, that was proposed by greg maxwell too right were they proposed Correct. at the same time basically yeah, I think they're yeah yeah so around 2013 i believe greg maxwell proposed coin join and then this idea of a coin swap uh which is essentially almost like an atomic swap on chain where alice and bob uh, engage in a multi-sig and then they send their UTXOs to an address which the other controls. Um, so they're not they're not combining UTXOs in one transaction. They're sort of uh, coordinating on what address they'll send UTXOs that the other possesses. And so it looks like you're sending Bitcoin to yourself, but you're actually sending, Alice is sending it to Bob. Um, and this is the simplest form of coin swap. And uh, you you attain privacy that way it throws off a huge heuristic and what i think is massive about this is the breaking of that heuristic now any chain surveillance company that's using this heuristic to sort of de-anonymize bitcoiners like they can't assume that anymore so even regular transactions it it looks like it looks like a regular multi-sig transaction Exactly. It looks like a regular either two of two or two of three multi-sig transaction. And if you do two of three, then with two of three, the third key is really just a bullshit key that no one controls that just makes it look like two of three on chain because there's more two of three than two of two. Um, there should be more two of two because of lightning, though. Uh, so we'll see how that, that works out. Um, to be clear here, this seems like strictly an improvement over current coin join implementations. Um, I am, I've been searching for the trade-off. What, what's the negative? What's the issue? Uh, I can't really figure that out. Um, as Marty said earlier, we are going to have Chris on the podcast next week. So we're going to dive the fuck into this, uh, which I'm, I'm really excited about. Um, but it does seem like a strict improvement here because it looks like a regular multi-sig transaction. So you're literally receiving someone else's utxos uh rather than with coin join when you have let's say you have five inputs and then you have five outputs you have five fresh outputs that aren't really anyone else's coins but they all have this shared history they're they're like fresh outputs with with coin swap you're actually receiving it completely breaks the trail on chain and it looks like a regular irregular transaction now you still need you so what Chris envisions is a, a model similar to, in his implementation, a model similar to join market, where you have makers um, who provide the liquidity with their coins, 
and then you have takers who can then coin swap on demand. Um, the key is, is that your counterparty, similar to with a coin join, is your counterparty obviously knows where the coins go. Um, so it, it will have the same idea where, where you need to do multiple, multiple rounds with multiple parties so that you split it up so that no individual maker can tell where the taker's funds go. Or may, it makes it way more difficult to see where the taker's funds go. Um, yeah, wouldn't it, be, wouldn't it be like multiple rounds per se? It'd just be like you'd split it up into, like if you're sending 15 Bitcoin, you split it up in nine and six, one going to Bob, well, one going to Carol. No, and then it's both of those. So, so the major negative you have is timing analysis, right? Um, which is... You know, you send 15 into CoinSwap and you get 15 out of into another address. And like two people look, you look at the, you look at the chain and you're like, well, that, that 15.725 Bitcoin is clearly the same owner of the other one. That's the exact same amount. So he proposes splitting it up into a, a, a bunch of smaller UTXOs, but you also need to actually run it through multiple makers which is exactly the same way join market currently runs right now with join market. You go through multiple coin joins in a row. Um, because if you just did one coin join with one maker, that maker would know exactly how the layout of the transaction happened. Cause they have the other side of it. Right. And he actually envisions like adding pay join to it as well. So, it's, and I think he called that pay swap, which is interesting where the maker is providing, a UTXO for the input side as well. I, it's it's extremely. It seems very very cool. I'm very excited about it. But um, yeah. And Chris has a. We're gonna put his donation link, uh, in the in the show notes. So if 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 this excites you as well, you should consider donating to that cause. Yeah, yeah. Chris is currently working on the software and is accepting donations. We're gonna put that link in the show notes. Um, again, this is just a design of a coin swap implementation. It still needs to be built out, but we're very excited to, to see what Chris produces. And, and like we mentioned already, we'll be talking with him next week. And so hopefully we'll be getting you much better information about this particular coin swap implementation than, uh, us just describing it right now. Um, yeah, we didn't do it justice. We're going to have a, a proper conversation next week. I'm excited. Yeah, this is, um, I haven't seen much about this, but it looks cool. This Photon library, a high-level library for building Bitcoin wallets with React Native. Uh, it's still very much under development, not yet recommended for production use, but it seems like it could be um, like a pretty useful product if it's fleshed out. Well, what's nice about React Native to begin with is that you can make an app that's both Android and iPhone. So it makes it easy to develop but for the two platforms simultaneously. Um and it will be good to see more big, you know, solid Bitcoin wallets on mobile. Like we don't have m many good options. We have more than we've ever had before, but it still, you know, leaves a lot to be desired there. So this is pretty cool how, how he built this out so that people can then iterate from his starting point. Um, the cloud sync, I'm not sure how I feel about it, but it is normie friendly. You see the cloud sync part? The is that the demo? No. It involves a phone number, but if you get SIM swapped, they can't access your funds unless they also have your Google or your Apple password. Because it's uh, it uses a combination of phone number, SMS, authentication with 
encrypted Apple and Apple Cloud and iCloud and, and Google Drive backups. But that allows them to back up the channel state as well. So if you're running a Lightning wallet or on-chain, it all backs up at the same time. And it also um, allows them to make it seedless, right? That's like the new thing, it's like no seeds. I remember when seeds came out. I think, it's, I think they're the coolest thing ever. But maybe we're... Maybe it's a design. Maybe it's too much. Yeah, you know, yeah, maybe the normies want seedless. Maybe they're right. Right. We'll see. Optionality. We talk about it a lot in this podcast. It's important. The the market will decide the more options, uh, the better decisions that can be made. But regardless, it's a really cool project. I like yeah. to see stuff like this. Um, who's working on that? That is run by... Tankred Hayes. Yeah, T-A-N-X on GitHub. The github repositories github.com slash photon dash sdk dash photon dash lib and i think um, he's tankard hayes on twitter at tankard hayes yeah we will um we will put that link in the show notes as well continuing the bullish fundamentals uh this was pretty big to see uh dropped yesterday you can now use Bitcoin Core with Electrum directly using uh, a new plugin called Bitcoin Wallet Tracker. Uh, this was dropped um, yesterday, and basically it is a plugin that allows you to connect your Electrum wallet to Bitcoin Core, and you can use your full node uh, to verify the addresses of your Electrum wallet and the transactions that are coming into that wallet and this is a pretty big deal because up until this point if you wanted uh, a high degree of privacy using electrum you'd have to download any privacy whatsoever yeah any privacy you'd have to download uh, your own electrum personal server and uh, just interact with that server but it's just easier the way electrum set up to connect to somebody else's server and when you connect to somebody else's server they're able to see your your addresses so now with this plugin you'll be able to connect directly to your full node instead of having to download a personal server which is pretty hard a lot of these out-of-the-box node uh nodes have made it easier to do but still even even so you have some tinkering to do after that and so seeing this plugin come to market is pretty huge and that's not the only electrum news that came out today um well let's just and it's it's kind of tangential. It's 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 nice that this is available considering the news we're about to talk about. But I just want to comment here. Um, so this is a pain point that we've discussed many times previously on the podcast. That to use Electrum safely, you need to run your own server because there's no incentive to run public Electrum servers that you connect to. So the majority of them, unless you're a fucking spy company unless you're a surveillance company and you want to track transactions so the majority of of the public electrum servers are probably being run by surveillance firms and they can see all of your transactions and balances and connect them to each other similarly to how this whale connected his 60 million dollars together but they're doing this on the on the sly by running these nodes so you want to run your own electrum server node um that is it is it is very difficult for an average user to do that. It's a, it's a major hurdle. So what's nice about this is you can just run Bitcoin Core alongside. It is worth noting, just like a little technicality, that it is basically running Electrum Server 
it's just doing it in a way that you can interface directly with Bitcoin Core without like any extra configuration. But that's just a technicality. In yeah. practice, you install this plugin, you have Bitcoin Core installed on your computer, and now you're using Electrum. You can do the multi-sig things. You can do everything you can do in Electrum with your own node easily. That's the claim. I I haven't tried it out yet. It it just got dropped like yesterday or something. Um, yeah, it just dropped yesterday. But I will yeah, check but- it out before the next RHR. This is this is a big deal. This is a really big deal. This is the main thing that has been holding me back from. Uh, plenty of us have used Electrum plenty a lot of times. Electrum is probably one of the most used pieces of software, and I didn't like recommending it because it was too it was it too time consuming to walk new people in the space through setting up Electrum servers. As you said, like my node and Raspi Blitz. Um, and now Ronin Dojo, they, they made it, and Nautil, they made it way easier to run an Electrum server. But up until that point, it was way more difficult, and this takes it a step further. It's really good to see. Yeah, yeah. And it's just, again, it's a couple clicks, right? You download Core, you do initial block download, you download Electrum, wallet software, create a private public key pair, and then you download this plugin. And then and, you connect them. You just put in yeah. the local host information. Yeah, Nothing in the command line, not having to change config files or anything like that. So much easier, um, which is huge. But again, this I I saw this uh, only because Jameson Lop has been paying attention. Apparently, the lead dev of um, Electrum X, uh, which is an Electrum server implementation, uh, he snapped and all future releases will be BSV only. And Jameson said he ran a script that hit every publicly available Electrum server he could find. And a hundred percent of them were running Electrum X. So if you are out there running Electrum X, be aware. It seems like the lead maintainer has gone rogue and will be uh, not using Bitcoin moving forward. Like he won't be coding. Two things. The maintainer of Electrum the maintainers of Electrum are going to maintain a fork of Electrum X that does not go down the crazy path. Um, we already knew the maintainer of Electrum X was a big blocker and a little bit insane, uh, but his software was the most performant uh, at scale when you use that. That's why we see it on all the public servers. Um, the, the standard, it seems now with these nodes at home, is Electris, which is Electric Rust Server. So you have that option, and now you have this Bitcoin wallet tracker option. I mean, no one should be using, as far as I'm concerned, no one should be using the public service anyway. So maybe this will be a nice little wake-up call to people that they should use their own node. I don't see why like anybody would even spin up their own server anymore with this Bitcoin wallet tracker. I think it just seems much easier, more logical to do that. Well, I mean, I really like the idea of having a 24-7 dedicated low-power node. Right, like I, I, I set up the my node, then I reflashed it with Raspi Blitz. I'm very happy with the Raspi so far. The my node was great as well. Um, the Raspi Blitz synced through Tor, which is historically low bandwidth, in under 70 hours. I think it was like 65 hours or something like that. Which on a Raspi, which is like a, it's like a seventy dollar computer. The most expensive part is the fucking SSD. The case is is more expensive than the. If you get a nice case, it's more expensive than the actual computer. Um, that seems pretty reasonable to me. To have a nice little dedicated node, 
um, is underrated. It's underrated, have, especially in a world with Lightning and CoinJoin and hopefully eventually CoinSwap. Uh, it's really nice to just have this dedicated little device that's not drawing that much power, that's more hardened, you know, that, you know, Marty is completely against porn, but that you're not watching porn on the device. You know, you're not doing any mischievous things on the device. It's completely separate uh, for your day-to-day activities, and you connect back to that. That is, I think that that is the ideal Right. And it is, but it is nice, obviously, that you can, you know, just run it on your, your laptop as well. Yeah. Would you be able to run this, that node and then connect to that? Does it have to be on the same device with Wild Tracker? Can you connect via the IP over the same Wi Fi? So I didn't know about Bitcoin Wallet Tracker. It came on my radar this week and I have to play with it. But my understanding is it's a proper Electrum server replacement as well. Yeah. So you can you can run it separately as well, uh, like on a dedicated device. Well, if you check the uh, GitHub, this just came out. The first release was eight days ago. Yeah. So I don't think I don't, I don't think it was on many people's radars. Yeah, my prop, my understanding is that it is an Electrum server drop in replacement. This plugin takes it a step further, right? But I, I do like the idea of I like both ideas, right? I like that you can just run Core and Electrum, and this plugin. And be able to use your own full note easily with your with your hardware wallet or whatever wallet you're using your your whatever wallet you're using. And I also, but I but I really really like the idea of a dedicated note. But I'm it's coming from someone who's obsessed about Bitcoin, uh, right? But if, if if you're an OG and you're just keeping it in cold storage and you're you know not going to do anything with it for for 10 years until you sign a message, then maybe you don't need a dedicated node. Maybe then you can use uh, just a node that you sync on the fly when you need to. Yeah. So huge shout out to Nadav. Uh, I'm going to butcher this. Ivgi uh, at Shesek, S-H-E-S-E-K on Twitter. He's the one who made this announcement and is uh, maintaining this code base. Uh, we'll link to the code base in the show notes, obviously, but yeah, huge shout out to Nadav. I wrote about it in the bend today. Like, I think this is just like a shining example of progress is being made and UX is getting better and it's not perfect now. Obviously we talk about it a lot, but it is getting like, it, it's getting better. And if we continue on this pace of improvement, like it's hard not to imagine Bitcoin being an extremely resilient and useful and, uh, easily used network at some point in the future again we are extremely early freaks we should try and get them on the podcast we should i'll dm them uh again ux getting better more optionality coming to market blockstream green blockstream announced that they now have a desktop version of blockstream green available for uh, mac windows and linux users um so this is just so i tried it out this week um, I already use Green Wallet on my phone. Uh, I use it. My the, the only two on-chain mobile wallets I use is is Green Wallet and Samurai, which is funny because they don't like each other, uh, but they're my two favorite mobile wallets. Um, so you can just use them interchangeably. You can use Green Wallet on the phone interchangeably with Green Wallet on the desktop. Um, it uses their same two of two setup. So if you just restore your seed. Uh, they also, if you restore your seed, they also restore your labels for your different wallet accounts. So I do wonder 
how they're storing that on the server. I hope that's in- encrypted. I guess it's like based off the pub key that's generated, the master pub key that's generated from the seed and is linked with your labels. So I wonder how that works. Uh, but it, it is kind of nice from a from a normie perspective. And you can still do the typical connect through tour. So it's not very easy to connect to your own node. Um, I know on mobile you can connect to AB Core if you're an Android user. You can have an uh, an Android device running running Core uh, through their app that they develop. Uh, that uh, Larry Bitcoin is the the lead dev there, uh, and and you can connect via QR code. I don't know if you can connect the desktop to your own node, which isn't ideal, but you can you can connect through Tor. Um, and one thing they added was they also added if you set up a new wallet on on the desktop uh, version, you can set it up as two of three where one of the keys is a hardware wallet. So you have one key uh, is, is your seed. They have one key and the third key is the third key is a hardware wallet. Um, and usually what they do is that that key that they hold, uh, you can do like a two factor method to unlock that key, whether that's an authenticator app, an OTP, which is authenticator app, um, email or text. Uh, But if you disable all of those, it's still technically a two of two or two of three, even though they don't do the two factor. It's very weird. So supposedly they're going to come out with single sig soon. I think the major reason they did this was because they needed an easy to use desktop liquid uh, wallet and green wallet also supports liquid. yeah, so they said in the announcement they'll be rolling out liquid support slowly as well as hardware wallet support more robustly. So, again, but check it nice, out. It's a nice little normie option, you know. I I, I use Green Wallet more as like an intermediary wallet. Like you can make infinite wallets and you can label them and it goes through Tor. Uh, you know, it's not as good as using your own node, but at least they don't know your IP address. They, they can combine. If they're spying on you, they can combine your... Uh, they can know, you know, which UTXOs are connected to which, um, but it's a very lightweight wallet that's easy to use, and it's good to see. It's good to see the desktop edition. Yeah, yeah. Um, so shout out to Blockstream for getting that to market. Slowly but surely, I mean, again, fundamentals from the software perspective, from the tools perspective, is very strong week in Bitcoin. A lot we're coming almost, out. I don't have it on the list, but we're almost at a whirlpool all time high, again. Boss. Um, so that'll be three months in a row. This time being led by the the big ass whale pool, the fifty million sap pool. Really interesting. Ripping. Yeah, it's the only one that's going to break all time highs, and it's going to carry the whole thing with it. That makes sense. The two right. smaller pools are going to be less. Um, go check these stats out at whirlpoolstats.com. Um, Move that away from Google, by the way, to the freaks that didn't like that it was a. A Google Doc published. Yeah, that, that freaked me out a little bit too. Thank yeah, you it kind of that. bothered me as well. I was I honestly I, the only reason I started doing it was because I was tracking it anyway, and I was hoping I was hoping I was going to inspire someone else to create a proper site for it, and then I was just going to redirect my my URL to that proper site. But it hasn't happened, so I'm actually I'm working on getting it ma- making it a proper site. So. Two weeks, we'll see. Yeah, Clark's got it on his dashboard, but he doesn't have it broken down into different pool sizes. I like the graphs. 
I want to see did, the. Yeah, I did so. But I I even include at the new whirlpool stats. I include whenever I update it. I include the most recent stats from Clark's because I like Clark's too. He shows like unspent capacity. What's unspent capacity at right now? Like a little over a thousand Bitcoin. It is at. No, it's over. Uh, one thousand one hundred fifty-four. Yeah. Bitcoin. So so that signifies how much. Once you enter a whirlpool, you don't pay fees going forward. So that represents how much is in that 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 whirlpool right now, which is a great is great to see that number going up. Number go up all over the place, including in the grant fund for BGC Pay Server. Uh, OKCoin came out and dished out their second developer grant. The first went to a good friend of the show, Fabian Yar. Uh, who's a Bitcoin developer, and it seems that B- P- PTC Pay Server is the second recipient of OKCoin's developer grant. So uh, I believe this is matching the largest grant that PTC Pay Server has received to date from Square Crypto. And so, again, the, the proliferation of dev funding seems to be happening, which is another fundamental that we love to see here at RHR. Yeah, this is great to see. Um, especially when it's a shit exchange like OKCoin, uh, I like I like I <laughs> like deuce on them. I'm giving back, man. I know I appreciate this this grant. Um, I like that it's become the thing that you know it's a really good way to buy PR is to right. donate donate to Bitcoin devs, which is that's what we want to see, right? We don't want to see yeah. fucking bullshit Twitter giveaways where you're trying to buy engagement with retweets and follows and all this fucking shit. Let's see more of this. You know, we'll give you free publicity uh, if you do it. Yeah, I saw your giveaway, Alistair. Trying to get retweets. Yeah, that didn't that that pissed me off. I got triggered, and then I was like, I'm not going to get involved with this. I'm done with Twitter drama right now. I'm just not going to fucking do it. He even said he mastered it, but he like motherfucker put it way down in the thread. No, no, no. He he said like. He's going to give away a single word of the seed, right, over time across his different profiles, and then he's going to make them private towards the end. So if you don't follow him, you can't get the last parts of the seed. So he's guaranteeing the follows. He says he's not going to release the first seed words unless you retweet. He, like, hits all the categories, right, of buying the engagement. And then at the end of the day, like, there's no way to prove that he doesn't just sweep the address, right? And I'm not accusing him of doing that because it's still cost-effective if, if you buy 100,000 followers or whatever with, with one Bitcoin. It could still be cost-effective compared to buying, you know, engagement other ways. Um, but bad actors can do that same setup, you provide cover for bad actors when you do that because they can do that same exact setup and then they can just sweep the address themselves and there's no way to prove it that it's not it's not just a random nim account on Twitter that won or if it's like an actual person right yeah no I agree and I like Alistair I I, I always I find him funny um, and the crypto docks- dog is doing another is doing a uh, giveaway I, they both triggered me together I saw both of them on my feet at the same time and I was like ah so triggered matt matt odell a uh, vocal uh hater of of paying for engagement just retweets and follows I, I look if you think it's fine to buy buy followers then we have no problem but if you think it's fine to if it you think it's unethical to buy followers 
to try and mislead people, uh, but you don't think it's unethical to do Twitter giveaways or retweets and follows, I ask you to think about that in your head, about what the difference is, because it's exactly the same end result. Here's some logical inconsistencies if you don't like one but are okay with the other. There you go. Um, well, what was that I'll- tangent on anyway? Oh, it was OKCoin okay providing. Thank you, OKCoin, okay for providing this grant. It's really good to see. Um, it is. Another thing I wanted to say that I actually forgot was if you go to that, go to Chris Belcher's donation link. And yeah, if you refresh notes. it, it produces a new address. And it's PGP signed as well. Right. Each address is PGP signed. That's a pretty slick fucking donation little page. donation page he's got going there for him. I was impressed. Right. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, would you expect any less from Chris? No, he's, I wouldn't. Uh, I would not at all. Yeah. But it, it's just very nice, very nice and slick. I, I, I dig it. I do as well. Um, OKCoin, for you freaks that don't know, Exchange has been around for a while, uh, known to spoof. Uh, OK volume. Casino. OK Casino. They had the wood chipper back in the day. What was the wood chipper? People think they were manipulating price to, to, to call people. I forget what it was. Matt and I are, are frozen. We keep here breaking up, but the the problem we'll was they were like one of the first leverage leverage right players, now. right? So Should people were just getting it? fucking Let's wrecked in both it. directions. Uh, now you're back. We we might have just talked over each other. We probably did, but I heard the end of it. People getting fucked in both directions. Yeah, uh, they were one of the first like uh, leverage players, right? One of the first leverage exchanges, and and there was like very little liquidity. Uh, and yeah, there's no way to prove that they weren't trading against their people, and, and people were just getting fucked in both directions. The wood chipper, liquidated. The wood chipper. Yeah, it was a it was a big uh, crypto Twitter theme back in like 2013, 2014. For you freaks who weren't around, um, this is pretty cool. Michael Ford, uh, who is sponsored by Bitmex, Bitcoin developer. Rick. Sponsored is seems is makes it seem funded like negative. Yeah. Or he's Bitmex is, is helping him focus on Bitcoin core. How about that? Very good, uh, very good. He did he released a research report on the subtleties and security of Bitcoin Core and basically he shared results of him messing with Bitcoin Core to find uh security breaches and bugs and uh, so the piece is written by Bitcoin Core Maintainer. It was the first recipient of the expanding HDR Global Trading Limited Bitcoin Developer Grant Program. All right, I'm not going to read this whole article. But, um, yeah, he found uh, some security weak spots and is just highlighting them. And it really shows the value of, of having people, individuals, sort of, uh, review parts of the core code base that that get neglected over time. Yeah, Michael Ford's a legend, and I'm glad Bitmex is funding his work. Yeah, and so conclusions he got from this is that you got to do cross-platform testing. Can't always trust upstream tools to do the right thing, even when they're doing the right thing. You can't always trust the documentation, and regardless of the above, you still need your own checks and balances so doing the hard work again we talked about dependencies when we had carl dong on the podcast and 
you, you got to check your dependencies, the, the other libraries that that core depends on as well. And shout out to Michael for, for diving into this and, and reporting back on what he found very valuable for other people to sort of recognize and, and take into consideration when building on Bitcoin. This is a topic that I can see you getting aroused over. Raspberry Pi is an eight gigabyte. An eight gigabyte Raspberry Pi four is on it's sale. It's the memory. It's so like the RAM. Right now they have two and four gigs. No one should buy the two for a Bitcoin node. They should buy the four. Now they have an eight for seventy five. Fantastic. That's cheap. And they Very also cheap. They're now they're gonna have an image that's a sixty four bit OS, uh, which manages the 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 higher RAM count better. Um, so it's good to see. Uh, and they're changing the name from Raspbian to the OS to Raspberry Pi OS or Raspberry OS, um, which is probably like pretty smart for for normie adoption because it's less confusing, right? Yeah, yeah. Because what is it? Um... Raspberry Pi OS is what it's named now. It's yeah, just got changed. Like... Isn't there another software that's very similar to the current name? I could be wrong. I mean, there's Debian and there's yes, Raspbian. That's, yeah. That's, yeah, it's just a weird name. You can't pronounce it well. Even now, I'm trying to pronounce it. I can't pronounce it. Yeah. Um, you see, I got my seed plate from uh, Cold Card. Mine's on the way. What do you think? I've been trying to bend it, and I can't bend it. Impressive. Can you hear that, freaks? It's nice. God it's a, damn it. It's just a solid steel plate. Oh, he's frozen again. We might be talking over each other. He's back now. No, I, I was quiet. I was quiet that time. I was quiet. Uh, there you go. I dropped one, God damn it. You looked really attentive to me while you were frozen. The internet's been really poor today, freaks, so we apologize. Uh, for the inconsistencies luckily we record locally though so you won't uh you won't be affected uh in an audio way i don't even know what i'm saying no they might be because we probably were just talking over each other for a couple of them there we'll see i could clean it up and if i feel like it it's more authentic if it's just fucked yeah i probably won't feel like fixing it so you guys are gonna hear it anyway sorry not sorry um i'm a little sorry <laughs> Strandhog, dude. What a name. What a name for for vulnerability. It seems like there's a bug going around uh, on Android. It's even more dangerous with attacks more difficult to attack <laughs> than the predecessors. Strandhog 2.0. What's the gist here? Uh, yeah, I mean, the new thing is for these vulnerabilities is to call them cool names, right? And they, like, create a website. Like, these guys created, like, graphics and stuff. Um, that's just like today's culture. That's just how we get vulnerabilities. Uh, hence the name. Uh, the idea is, is rather simple idea. It overlays on your Android phone screen when it asks for permission, when it, it looks like another app is asking for permission, let's say contacts, storage, something like that, but it's really the malicious app. And then the malicious app takes it, um, takes that, those permissions and, and takes your data accordingly. Uh, it is fixed in the latest version of Android. 
and it will be, I, I think, part of a security patch that comes out later this month, or I guess it's May 28th, early early June. Um, yeah, I mean, it's something you guys should be aware of, uh, but, you know, there's there's not much you can do about it. Except Beware. for Google to, uh, to to patch the vulnerability. Does this affect graphene users? I don't think so. Because the overlay. But I'm not positive. I'm not positive. And if it does affect them, uh, affect us, I, I assume... I, I I assume Daniel's on it. I should shoot him a quick message and see what's up with that. We will talk about it next week on RHR. We, I will mention how Graphene is dealing with this. But it, it, it has to do with the overlay permission to begin with. The idea that on Android, one app can draw on top of another app, right? Where you can have like a picture-in-picture picture type of situation. Um, but in this case, the overlay is like transparent, so you don't know that you're really giving permission to a different app. Strandhog 2.0. Beware. Yeah, we'll find out about graphene, whether or not it's affected. Uh, quick thoughts on Raspberry Blitz. You you mentioned it earlier. You flashed it on your MyNode and have been playing around with it. How's it been? Um. Oh yeah. So so I, I before I get to that, I just went to the Strandhog website just to. Um, it looks like the, the latest security patch for Android in May fixed this vulnerability, and that's why it got disclosed now. So just you know, update your phone if you're on Android. Um, if you're on iPhone, you have an update waiting for you to add the people tracking. Don't do uh, it. On Android, you don't actually, like, don't worry about the security update giving you that people tracking because if you're not running Graphene or you know, a similar OS... Uh, they actually include it in Google Play services. So you don't actually update it. It's just automatically pushed in the, in the background. So don't, so don't delay your security update based on the people tracking. You already have it on your phone. Um, enjoy, enjoy it. <laughs> Raspi Blitz is fucking dope. I just, uh, the freaks, uh, if you haven't listened to the episode with Open Arms, um, and me and Marty, you should go back and listen to that. I think it was like two weeks ago or three weeks ago, and we talked about the Raspberry Blitz a lot. Um, I am using the case that I believe he designed, which has this little screen in it, which is underrated awesome. Having a little screen in your note, a little touch screen in your note, is the coolest fucking thing ever. It displays all the information and shit. I don't know. It can display like invoices. Um, it is. It makes... He is right. It makes running join market way easier. Um, so that's that's a really cool aspect. And I, a it's touch screen or a Raspberry Blitz? The Raspberry Blitz. So you can run yeah. join market on it. You can run your own Explorer. Uh, you can run Spectre, which is the multi-sig uh, tool, which I have not mm-hmm. tried yet. Uh, I'm, 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 so my, my idea is that I ran my note through its paces. I, I liked it. I think it's, you know, very user-friendly. Uh, it does have a lot of su- support there. Now I'm running Raspi Blitz through its paces. Seems way more focused. I don't know if that makes sense to the, to the freaks out there. It seems like more lightweight, more focused. 
uh, on what it really wants to do. Uh, where my note is more of like a Swiss Army knife. Uh, like Raspi Blitz feels more like a machete with like maybe like a hammer on the bottom. So like you can do like a couple of things like really good. Uh, but it has like a lot of those features there. And as I said, it's synced super performantly on through Tor, uh, which I was just impressed as fuck. Uh, that it could sink in 65 hours. Uh, just that's really impressive. Um, yeah, and I, re- I really like that screen. The screen is fucking badass. I want to yeah, see I- more Node projects add screen support. That'd be dope. It's superficial, but dope. Right. Yeah, it would be. Yeah. Even though you're directly connected to your Node, connecting via the browser on the laptop still like skis me out a little bit. I don't know why there's probably nothing to worry about, but it's just uh, like, so that's the thing with Raspi blitz. They don't have the browser interface. So you have to connect through SSH in the command line. Um, so if you're a windows user, that's, I believe that's a pain in the ass as a windows user. Uh, I've used Linux or Mac. Uh, it's super easy to SSH in like as a windows user, I think you need like putty or something. Um, like extra software, but if you're a Linux or Mac user, it's super easy to 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 go into the command line SSH in and control it that way. You do not control it through the browser, um, but they also have this additional screen that's just giving you like statuses and all this shit, uh, and you can have the touch screen and it can give you invoices and things like that. So it's cool. It's a cool idea having that little touch screen there. Yeah, it's. Um Shout out to the team working on Raspi Blitz. Go check out that episode with Open Oms. Uh, that's that's all we have for today. Uh, I wanted to, other than oh no, we got a couple more things. Uh, I just thought this was pretty cool. Leo Leo Zhang, um, he has recently started his own research company. Um, pull out the name here so I don't get it wrong. Annika Research, and he he's just been, just been dropping cool charts this week. Uh, one which really caught my interest was the historical hash rate growth during flood season in Southwest China. And it appears that we're approaching another flood season in Southwest China. And if you look historically uh, at the hash rate graph during flood season, uh, the hash rate is, has grown significantly back in 2015. It grew 36%, 2016, 33%, 2017, 207%, 2018, 73%. Uh, mind you, during a bear market, uh, and, and last year, 104%. To be clear, uh, this is because when there's more water, when there's more water, hydro is cheaper. Yes. So the uh, the the price per kilowatt hour to, to mine Bitcoin drops significantly in this region of China. And we can't know for certain, but it's, you can make a pretty good guess that what's happening is is miners are are then plugging in and taking advantage of that very cheap electricity marty how do you pronounce that thing that comes out of the sky that rain is made of a cloud water how do you pronounce it water Uh, water yeah i say water Water? Uh, i don't say water Um, i i i'm super self-conscious about my i have an accent on water i like tried to correct myself there being from Philadelphia, I said water for the first Woody. ten years of my life. Water ice. I drink. I still eat water ice. Let uh, me get some water ice. Let me get some water ice. I eat watermelon. Uh, but when we moved to South Carolina, being that Yankee who was calling water water, 
scared a lot of people and they, they beat the water out of me. And so now I pronounce water the correct way, the way God intended, not, uh, not South Philly grandmas. Where's your water? You need some water. You look thirsty out there. What are you doing without your water? Um, shout out to Philadelphia. I love Philadelphia and I love people say water. Uh, but I just had a beat beaten out of me when we lived in Charleston. Um, how do you say water? Water. Yeah, you say it fine. I'm going to drink some water. Yeah, yeah. I think you're good. I think you're good. Um, did I lose you again? I think I lost Dude, you keep God, freezing. Internet connection sucks I can't, can't today. hear you, Marty. If you can hear you me. Keep freezing. Maybe you're talking. Should we wait? It's super frustrating. Mm-hmm. Hearing uh, bits we went to We almost went to space this week. That was God, super damn. exciting. Sorry, freaks. Technical difficulties. I think my laptop's on its last legs. There he is. Um, Are we I was good talking. now? Yeah, I was talking to the freaks. Talking, talking I was kind to of, the disruption. I was kind of talking to the freaks at the end there, too. <laughs> um, last topic, Hong Kong. Uh, it's something no, we've been we covering. No, we also have to talk about how we almost went to space again. Oh yeah, we do have to talk about that as well. Almost, almost. We'll end on that because that's a that's a lighter note than the it's Hong a Kong topic. We've been covering Hong Kong around these parts for at least the last year when the protests started due to the extradition bill that came to the uh, floor of the Hong Kong Parliament um, this time last year. It seems that uh, the Chinese Communist Party is taking advantage of the coronavirus and is instilling a um, national security law that is very restrictive to personal liberty and they're actually just making hong kong follow this law as well they didn't even ask they didn't even go through hong kong's courts or their legislative uh branch it, china is just up. extrajudicially uh forcing this this uh, national security law on the people of hong kong So protests have started there again, and it is very fucked up and really highlights the uh, evil of the Chinese Communist Party and how far they will go to just take what they deem is theirs. They're not going to stop. No. Like, I hate to see it. Hong Kongers, like, inspiring, completely inspiring, but they're fucked, man. Uh, It really highlights the need for a Second Amendment and why we have it here in the United States. And you see these incursions the Chinese are making on the Indian border as well. They're flexing. Yeah. Um, I just want to say, like, on the record, like, the UK is not going to step in for Hong Kongers. They always treated Hong Kongers like second-hand, second-class citizens. They weren't even citizens officially, uh, even when they were under British rule. The Americans are not going to step in for Hong Kong. And the Americans are not going to step in for Taiwan. Like, Taiwan, like all the power to them, but America's not going to step in there. China's not going to stop. And I'm super deflated about that whole, that whole region. Um, and we'll see how it plays out. Yeah. Matt and I have been talking about this in other channels, but the question I pose the question, like, will the U S and China ever have a head to head conflict and the more likely scenario, which may be playing out in India because Trump has made comments about it, is a proxy war somewhere outside of China. You don't think it'll be Hong Kong or Taiwan? It'll be like Africa or Latin America or something. That's what I, I mean, potentially India now too. 
um, Trump has came out. God damn it, the internet. Popping bottles. Uh, we're back. Um, yeah. Yeah I, I, yeah, I think Africa LATAM is is an area where a proxy war could be started as well. Yeah, it's just it's just real it's it's just really sad to see. I like I said I was in Hong Kong last January, not yeah, last January. And it's just such a cool place and just such good people and it's just and it's short-sighted by China because they're destroying the things that are good about Hong Kong. But they won't realize for years. They won't realize for another 10 years, 20 years. Yeah. I mean, the U.S. State Department's already moved to sort of uh, apply the sanctions that are currently um, aimed at China to Hong Kong now, too. They're getting thrown into that bucket. Pompeo came out yesterday and announced that. They're, they don't consider, the U.S. government does not consider Hong Kong in any way autonomous from China anymore, which is really sad to see. That's just a symptom. I mean, took them long enough. It hasn't been autonomous for a while. Yeah. Um, But this is going to be actually bringing a macro perspective into this. It'll be very interesting to see uh, what happens to the Hong Kong dollar. A lot of people are expecting it to break its peg in a dramatic fashion within the next month. Dude, how about Hong Kong real estate? That the most well. valuable real estate in the world. Decimated. Decimated. Who would on be the person holding that bag right now? Nobody. That's like the complete example of centralized assets and how you have these black swan events that just completely fuck you. Yeah, and this one is like... This one was like almost like, holy shit, because the protests over the last year... Have been them fighting against China, fighting a proxy war within the Hong Kong legislative branch, trying to get laws passed via politicians that they personally place. And this was just like, ah, fuck it. We don't even care anymore. Like, the law's in place and you guys had to comply. What is one funny aspect of this is that, I mean, funny is the wrong word, I guess, but their legislature is called the National People's Congress. So in the BBC article, the person they quoted was the NPC spokesperson, which I just thought was hilarious. <laughs> it just really fit. It really fit because they gave like a straight up NPC line. Yeah. Um, shout out to all the Hong Kongers listening. We feel for you. It's really keep fucking fighting. sucks. Yeah, keep fighting. Really fucking sucks what's going on. It feels Hope shallow guys- saying that. You do you. But I respect the shit out of you regardless. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. There's, I mean, yeah, there's nothing I can add to that. Uh, Light note to end it on. We got to end it on quick here because I got to prepare for a call in 20 minutes. Uh, Yeah, the NASA and SpaceX attempted to launch a couple of... How fucking cool was this live stream? (laughs) It was dope. I mean, uh, another part of my week, I went and bought a used car yesterday. And uh, note to freaks out there, I've never bought a car. Uh, This is the first time I bought a car. It's fucking hell. Uh, car dealerships are like purgatory. But I had this live stream going on through most of it, and it, and it helped me get through. 
We should price the car in Bitcoin and track the price. Uh, track the track the price over the years and see see if it was a good high time preference investment or a poor one. Well, I actually did. I did an extra stack of Bitcoin while at the car dealership because I was like, all right, if I'm doling this out, I gotta I gotta stack some sets too. I did That's I did a I did a pennant stack while I was making a high time preference car purchase. Well, well, fuck your congratulations on the car. I'm excited for you. Uh, it seems like you got a very good deal on it. Uh, so it was like medium time preference. I, I appreciate that. Um, I have my share of high time preference purchases as well that are more so than your car. Uh, but space, let's talk about this fucking live stream. I was fucking hyped. I was watching it. It was like super well produced live stream. Uh, this will be. So they the weather weathered it out. So after like four hours of watching this live stream, they they canceled the launch, which is good, I guess, for the safety of the crew. Uh, But they rescheduled to Saturday. People should check it out. Uh, It was on YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter, which is dope. Uh, They it'll be the first time astronauts leave from America to go to space in nine years. Yeah, pretty big deal. It's, I mean, it's cool to see this stuff. Um, yeah, here's to hoping that they have a safe, a safe uh, and successful launch on Saturday. I'm happy they didn't pull the trigger yesterday. You never want to have like a challenger. I was a little two. bit disappointed. The guy was like, "It was cool. You could listen to. We heard ground control talking to the actual astronauts, and he was like, we could wait ten minutes and we would be able to do it.' And they're like, "No, we can't do that. You know, we gotta, we gotta cancel it. Don't risk it. Um, Don't risk it." But like, let's fuck that shit for a second. Let's just talk about the suits were fucking badass. The The aesthetics were incredible. Everything. First of all, so it's Elon's company, SpaceX, is doing it in partnership with NASA. So it's NASA astronauts flying a SpaceX vehicle. And they like retrofitted the launch pad. They put a shit ton of money in that. The capsule's all brand new. It's got a whole new interface. The chairs are like performance sculpted so that you like sit more comfortably like everything is straight out of a sci-fi movie like i said on twitter like this is what happens when like a sci-fi nerd has billions of dollars like this is like like this is the end result you can see like it's it's all his younger sci-fi fantasies like brought to life and it's just really fucking cool i don't know it got me hyped up no yeah i mean me too again the the aesthetics were it's see what happens when you get private entities doing this stuff well that's what i was saying like barring like a disaster right like the majority of our space program is going to be privatized over the next decade five years decade that's a good thing that's a good thing so fingers crossed here i mean most importantly for the lives of these astronauts that everything goes goes off without a hitch on on saturday Uh, i will definitely be watching from wherever it doesn't get weather delayed again yeah, there's like some weird storms that have been crushing the southeast recently. I don't know. It I'll tell you, like you were either like a little child watching that live stream or you were uh like an Elon hater just fucking salty as fuck that it was happening. He even first of all, there were no commercials in the live stream whatsoever. It was just constant. I mean, except for the fact that the whole fucking thing was an Elon commercial. Like he had he he had the astronauts ride Teslas to the launch pad from the like a specialized Tesla that had. Do you see their little umbilical cord thing they had? Yeah, 
that kept him cool and like the yeah. Tesla was like modified to handle it. I don't know. I just the whole thing was just it got me hyped. It got me hyped. It was cool. Yeah. It was cool shit. That, no, that's I mean, that's always been SpaceX has always been Elon's saving grace in my mind. Like seeing those rockets land on little squares in the ocean is so fucking cool. And it's like, all right, if he can do this, like he's up to something. And like, yes, like it's the engineers and all these people that he hired. But still, like this motherfucker is just like putting billions of dollars towards the shit. Yeah. Uh, prop, props for that. Like, I want to see more of that. Yeah. Elon, if you're listening, you invite to come talk about this come stuff. Come Elon's definitely a freak. He 100% listens. I was ta- I was talking to him the other day on Signal, and he was like, oh, I'm super excited for the next RHR. Boss, boss. Uh, you freaks, you're listening to this episode with Elon Musk, billionaire. He's <laughs> <laughs> not the only billionaire that listens to this podcast. Um, if there's a Twitter giveaway underneath this this tweet, it's it's an Elon fake bot. Don't believe it. He's not actually giving out Bitcoin. Or don't Ethereum. believe it. Maybe that should be our new tagline, TFTC, the podcast that billionaires listen to. There you go. I like it. <laughs> we'll, we'll meme it into reality. Yeah. Um, future yeah, billionaires. For- Every freak is a future future billionaire. It's true. And if any of you freaks have 10 Bitcoin, you're already a billionaire. And, uh, Satoshi billionaire. Yeah. Um, if any of you freaks have 10 Bitcoin, uh, good on you. Happy for you. Um. Yeah, that's all we got. Uh, I guess I'll repeat. I'll repeat the uh, the shout out from earlier. Fix the money, fix the world. Thank you guys for listening. If you're liking all this, I hope Matt's not talking over me right now because we are frozen. But if you are liking this, please, he's talking over me. I can hear. No, there you are. I was silent. Yeah, but is it not stay humble? Yeah, no, you were silent. Oh, yeah. Well, I was gonna say if you're liking this subscribe smash the subscribe button rate review every little bit helps uh we love you guys matt said it already peace and love Lo- freaks love you freaks Ta-da!